to me. Next up, in Live Zone. Two gamers, one video game podcast. This is amazing. Nothing but video games with all the fun. Tune into the Consumption Network for weekly podcasts and updates. Come on, let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of 1-0 Podcast. I'm your host, Next Step, the next step above the rest, and I'm here with... The one, the only, the legendary Live Zone. Live Zone, that's right. And you know, we back, new setting, new here, new vibes, everything. We've given out A-plus quality, so let's get into it. You know, we starting with what broke this time. You know, things are always breaking in the gaming industry. You can never have things stay right, like stay straight, right? Always, something's always breaking, something's always wrong. And funny enough, Bungie's in the hot seat again with Destiny 2. So imagine a six-player activity, right? And in this activity, it's been thought well thought out. You have all these graphics, all of these mechanics that are going into the game, and you have this whole in-depth story for how this activity follows into the rest of Destiny's storyline. But... Imagine it being killed by just another enemy, or imagine it being killed by something you just pay for, so like a pay-to-win thing. Well, currently, in the game, there is a finisher, which is like a final way to kill an enemy, aka finisher. So, you finish an enemy right in front of the boss, and that boss just gets sent off across the map, just gone, all the way into the abyss. And it's just insta-kill from 100 to 0, because he's off the map into the void. So, now you're getting all of that loot, from just pushing him off the map and just it it's ridiculous to me so could this be considered one of the easiest raid glitches in destiny 2 history easiest i mean i'm gonna have to say yes i mean if you can just do a finisher and then boom the the main guy that you need to beat goes flying it, you gotta look at that and be like well okay then what's the point of this mission you know what i mean so like where's the, you know i mean yeah that's true but at the same time, you know, I'm all about emergence, so you want to be able to actually go around and be like, okay, this is what I fought for. I went through all of these mechanics to get to the final boss. This is what we have to do to kill the final boss. And having all of that completed successfully is just so satisfying. Like, you put in the work, and you're reaping the rewards for it. For this, you're just snagging a checkpoint off of someone, and I just be like, oh, I can just do this. I can just kill a rank-and-file enemy that's right in front of the boss, and boom, gone. Got my free reward. Like, to me, that's just so cheesy, and I really don't like the way that it's just that easy to be able to kill a six-player boss. Now, oh, yeah. Yeah. don't I... get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I really think that this is definitely a great way for players that don't have raid teams or players that are still kind of getting into the game trying to get those raid teams. That's a great way for them to get that high-tier loot so they can just advance really quick. Sure. But the fact that this is a pay-to-win finisher, meaning you have to buy it with real money first, and then you can get to do this, that's a problem. That you're already spending money for a glitch that you already know is going to get patched. And and not even just that, when we talk about pay-to-win, we talked about this in 1.0 Ancient, talked about this in regular 1.0. It kind of ruins the games, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Right. Like It's fun, but like if you can only get to a certain point without paying... What's the point of even playing the game without even having the money, right? So That's true. I, mean, I, I definitely agree with you, and I see where you're coming from. But for me, I feel like this is just another bullshit thing for video games to be like, all right, well, 
pay to win. You know what I mean? So, okay. and if Destiny's doing that, uh, Destiny's kind of going away from its community a little bit, which is very surprising by Bungie. And I don't know if I like the direction that they're going in. Now, I wouldn't say they're necessarily going away from the community because of it. You know, it's a glitch. We can always go back to the 12-man raids that were going on, the whole server glitches, the crafting things. They notice that these are a problem for the game because you're not going to leave a auto rifle that functions like a shotgun or a rocket launcher that functions like an auto rifle. Like, you're not going to leave those in the game. That's going to break the game and absolutely destroy the immersion. So... The way they go about it, and I mentioned it before in other uh, podcast episodes, they're like, you know what? Go ahead. Have your fun. We'll patch it, but go ahead. You know, get the moments in, get the experiences. Like, for example, me, I had a 12-person raid, which was absolute mayhem. Trying to coordinate with 12 people in a six-person activity is way too much, but I have the group photo and everything, so I have proof of it. But my (laughs) point is, they let they let that continue at least for a couple of days, couple of weeks. So now you have these people that are roaming around with 12, play, 12 people when it's supposed to be three or 12 people when it's supposed to be six. Like, that's that's good. They're reaching out to the community. Just this feels like someone discovered it in a way and maybe Bungie didn't pick up on it yet. But at the same time, it's just a very cheesy way to try and beat a six-person activity. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically what it looked like for me. What I'm seeing is that, you know, it's just a cheap way to get your free loot. And then after that, for the people that don't want to play and don't want to grind the game out, they have that. And then they go into PvP and they have something that the story mode players don't have because they didn't use the glitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it ruins it a little bit. But do I think that it ruins the game entirely? Absolutely not. Now, another thing I do want to mention is Titans, Warlocks, y'all don't get this glitch. Hunters only get this glitch. It's a hunter-only finisher, meaning if you don't have a hunter, you ain't doing this glitch. It's called Thread the Needle. And honestly, as a Titan main, I'm pretty sure we're both Titan mains, I got beef with Hunters. I really got beef. I'm sorry. That's going to get me probably canceled in this community, but I do not care. Glass bones, come at me. All right? I got my fists ready and armed. <laughs> so, I personally, I think that if you can use a Hunter in PvP, godly. You know, you got the skill. It's super, at the same time, it's super easy to just jump around and just use a shotgun. But I really think that when it comes to PvE activities or other activities warlocks and titans are high, way higher than hunters so the fact that this is on a hunter glitch is just like nope i don't want it <laughs> that's a hot take from you right there oh yeah and i ain't afraid to admit it either because you know i already got beef with hunters anytime we come across a hunter in and when we're playing a game i'm like nope no glass bones i'm out get him out go leave door <laughs> take your ghost <laughs> gone <laughs> no I keep on getting told that Hunter is the best class, and I keep on disagreeing because I'm a Titan, of course. But mm-hmm. you know, seeing from it, I, I, if I was to pick a second character, I would pick a Hunter over a Warlock. That's just... Eh, see, even then, as a second character, I would still pick a Warlock. And I hate to admit this, but Warlocks are probably stronger than both of them. Because if you get down to their abilities... And I really hate admitting this because I really think Titan is just the way to go. (laughs) But Warlocks, with their abilities, 
if you look at all three of their abilities, right, they have one that is full based on recovery and damage. It's the Well of Radiance. That one you literally just plop it down, and now you do extra damage. Now you get extra heals. Titans, Hunters, they don't have anything like that. I mean, you have the Sentinel Shield, sure, but that's, eh, you can only stay in a bubble. This one, you can't, you can't shoot through a bubble. So... They even have offensive things like the, what is it, the Nova Bomb or the Slova as I like to call it, where it just slowly travels and just obliterates everything. So for me, Warlock would definitely be my second choice because it's just all power. Titans, all strength. Warlocks, all power. Hunters, all mobility. And you know me, I like rushing in front lines strategically. Yeah. <laughs> Keyword, strategically. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, Titan is the way to go for me, but... If I'm picking a second strategy, I'm picking the mobility and I'm going to be sneaky with it. So for me, I see Hunter being the second best class. Shout out to my friends that are Hunters because I have about three or four of them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's Titans all the way, then Hunters, then, you know, me and the Warlocks, we have problems. That's that's. <laughs> It ain't sweet over there, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> See, the only time I'm going to admit that I actually have a problem with the Warlock is anytime we're in PvP or anytime we're in Trials. <laughs> because nothing gets on my nerves more. Not a Hunter PvP main, but a Warlock PvP main. Because have you seen... If you've seen clips, shout out Estacross. I already know because you're insane at PvP and PvE. But just this once, let me call you out, alright? <laughs> so... As the cross, for those who don't know, he is an amazing streamer that can has literally soloed events that have been impossible for just the average player. And the way he moves on a warlock in a PvP match is just like, like it looks straight out of an anime. He's just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what? And I've stepped in trials of Osiris matches where it's people that play just like that, and I've never seen a warlock move so fast. Like first they, it's just like, pop. Boom, they move back. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even speak for how fast they move. It's insane. That's why they're all power, and that's why they would be my second character. All right. I mean, agree to disagree. I guess we have different strategies here. Um, yeah. You know, I guess mine are not as strategic as yours. <laughs> mine, mine is just run in, go do your thing, get your loot, and then get out. So See, on a hunter, you can't, you can't do that on a hunter. You can run in, but you ain't running out. <laughs> Well, no. See, you can you can run in, but since you're faster than everything, you can move up, and then after that, snipe the shit out of something. So, just hope know. nothing finds you. That's the only thing. Because if you get yeah. caught, you yeah. better start running. <laughs> you better start running. That's why. That's why. That's why they're all mobility. Run. <laughs> Yo, all mobility, no strength. Come on now. <laughs> but I'll bring it back to the raid for what broke this time. You know, even with all three characters. Uh, in this raid, you know, each one has their own special ability that could be used in a raid. You know, Titans, they're going to be really good for dealing a high amount of damage. Warlocks, they're typically the ones that are going to be on the sidelines that are going to be helping out the teammates, healing every every now and then. Hunters are going to be the ones that are jumping around trying to keep enemies tangled and keep them in a certain spot. Or so each player has, like, their own ability, but I don't know, why Hunters? You know, why? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because Hunter is kind of, you know, we talk about Cade and all that. He was a hunter, right? So yep. I mean, it kind of makes sense why they got it instead of the Titans or instead of the Warlocks. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
I don't know. I just feel like the Titans just show their ability and show that they're about the story and show that they're there to grind it out. And that's the reason why you didn't see this glitch happen for the Titans. All I got to say to my Hunter, uh, Hunter means out there, Hunter Vanguard who? (laughs) (laughs) So... We're going to wrap up this segment. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to head right over to our micro megabytes. We got some big news, so stay tuned. Everybody, welcome back to another 1-0 podcast segment where if you listened last week, you know that Microsoft has won the console war. In fact, you know... That Mr. Next Step decided to walk out of the podcast mid-podcast because... Should my- I walk out again? You know what? Matter of fact, <laughs> there's this. <laughs> because Microsoft won the console war. But instead of talking about the games, instead of talking about what this means for gaming, we're going to go a little bit into the business aspect about this. So, Next Step, tell me what we got. So, as we mentioned before, or last week, you know, Activision just acquired, I'm sorry, not Activision, Microsoft acquired Activision and Blizzard, and now it was approved by the UK regulators, which, long story short, this 6.8.6, say, wow, words, $68.7 billion acquisition is now finalized, and it just pushed that date up tremendously close. So now, I hate to say it. But Activision just finalized their winning date. So with this, I think that there's going to be a lot of different things for uh, both Microsoft and Sony that's going to change. Because, you know, Microsoft has their subdivision company focused on gaming, Xbox, Sony with PlayStation. Both of them, they're going to be focused on the best aspects for gaming. And one thing that PlayStation didn't see was reaching out to other companies. I mean, they've done it before. They've reached out to other companies, rarely. And that's the key word, rarely. But Xbox just made a big move by acquiring one of the biggest companies for the games that people play. And one of them being Call of Duty. One of the biggest? I think they got the biggest. I mean, we can move with that. I think, I wouldn't even say it's the biggest because they got Activision, they got Blizzard, and they got King. So, it's hard to say. They got three companies in one. So, you know what honestly, that, that collective go. unit that decided to make a deal with Microsoft kicked the PlayStation 5 and Sony's ass all the way back down to PlayStation 2. That's what they <laughs> That's what they did. Right I don't know. They ain't going to take it away entirely. I can tell you that. They're not. They definitely made a big move, and it's definitely like they. It seems like they won the battle, but they didn't win the war. I. <laughs> they won this battle for sure. They got a big, huge <laughs> taste on this, but I don't think they took away. They didn't take PlayStation out the race entirely. Because think about all the games that they have. They got God of War. They got Gran Turismo Seven. They have those PlayStation exclusives, and they're already changing how their uh, PlayStation Plus works. They changed that recently to where, what is it? Microsoft and Xbox, the Game Pass, they made that different to now you can go to retro games from PS1 and PS2. Xbox, you can't do that. 
Okay. You can play games on Game Pass, but you can't go all the way back to, what is it, original Gran Turismo games, original God of War, original NBA games. You can't do that on uh, Xbox. All right. You have that there. All right. But I do think that will be a thing for Xbox in the coming future. But what I will say is, is okay, I'll give you God of War. God of War is probably, in my eyes, the best game series, period. Okay, but when you line that up next to Call of Duty, you're like, oh, they're fighting fire with fire. All right. Then after that, Xbox, they have Halo. What matches up with Halo? Destiny. (laughs) Let's be honest now. Come on. (laughs) Exclusive. Yeah, it used to be, but not anymore. You. So you get what I'm saying? It's not if it's not a PlayStation exclusive. I'm not counting Bungie into that because Bungie is still on both platforms. Looking at Halo, right? So you have you have Call of Duty, you have Warzone, you have Halo. Those three right there are three of the best shooter games ever made, and they're all on the Xbox side. So and one thing that they're going to be doing is putting it on Game Pass. That's true. And and. So what I'm saying is is okay, maybe maybe I'll give you the role playing games because they have the God of War, they have the Genshin Impact, they have the Spider Man game. But if you're trying to play online with everybody else and everything like that and not play a solo game, you're going to Xbox every single day of the week if they got Call of Duty, Warzone, and Halo all on the same side. So in my eyes, in my eyes, the war, it's done. It's it's X'd out. And you know what? <sighs> that X stands for Xbox. Mm, I don't know about that. I think X stands for expired because y'all already know that Xbox Series X, I don't need another dehumidifier in my room, all right? You've already it- seen videos of that whole just, whoosh, I don't need that. PlayStation 5, that was a one-time thing. Xbox? It's still going. Come on now. Do not, do not make me pull out somebody buying a PlayStation Five and it being just two folders on top of each other. <laughs> All right. To be honest, I wasn't that guy. I found the folder, or I found the actual profile. So I feel bad for whoever bought it, but I didn't buy it. Someone bought the two plus three. They ain't buy the five. Listen, I'm I'm much. Re- I much rather have a, a mini fridge than a than a folder in inside of a PlayStation Two. Like bro, a mini like, fridge? No, yeah. you got a mini heater. <laughs> that's what that's, you got. You got a mini that's, heater. That's perfectly fine. It can keep me warm in the winter. All right, you know what I mean. So like, but like, no. Honestly, looking at it, this is the route that we're going on. It looks like Xbox wants to go to that online game because. We're with the times. It's 2023 going into 2024. Everybody's playing online games. Everybody wants to play with their friends. It looks like it looks like PlayStation and Sony, they're going to the Final Fantasies, the Genshin Impacts, the Spider-Mans, the God of War, the one-player game, the story-based games. So it looks like to me that Sony is going to lose a hell of a lot of money because they're trying to stay with the PlayStation 2 times and we're not in 2001 anymore. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, agree to disagree. Maybe PlayStation's trying to play for the long run. Maybe they're trying to find something. Maybe they're playing something big. You know, we're going to get into this a little bit later in the episode about some of the games that they're planning that are coming out soon. But I don't know. I think they're just playing the long run. And maybe Xbox made a really big decision on trying to pincer maneuver the PlayStation community. Not the community, but the company. So we're just going to have to see where this goes, honestly. But we're going to wrap up this quick segment. Coming up next, we got everyone's favorite game of the week. So stay tuned for that. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another 1-0 podcast. I'm your host, Next Step, the next step above the rest. And, you know, we back with part three. This is the game of the week segment. And let me just blow your mind real quick, all right? So when everyone thinks of Super Mario, you think he's saying, it's a me, you know, it's a me, Mario. But what if I told you that's not what he's saying? He's saying, it's me. I-T-S-U-M-I, and it's, for those who actually speak Japanese, correct me, but he's saying Super Mario. He's not saying It's-A-Me Mario. That came from the American style, where in a lot of games you're going to see him saying It's-A-Me Mario from American, but traditionally, it was always Super Mario. It's-A-Me Mario, He's Japanese character originating. Stop that cab. <laughs> No, that's no. all I'm gonna say. No, no, no. no we that's what it is. We ain't, we ain't going. <laughs> we are, cause that's how it no. started. Nope, nope. One hundred ten percent false. I do not believe. <laughs> you are not wrecking my childhood. <laughs> it's not happening. All right. So go ahead and look it up. You can look up. It's for me means super. So we're gonna drop a poll down below, and uh, even leave in the comments. You know. Is he saying it's me, Mario, Super Mario, or is he saying it's a me, Mario? Come on, we all know the right answer. For everybody that goes with the wrong answer, something wrong with y'all. Something Look, you got to go down to logic sometimes. You know, logic is just the way to go. I don't I, know what to tell you. There we go with the logic. <laughs> Yay! Look, big brain <laughs> tactics, all right? <laughs> so, the reason I brought this up is because of the new game that recently came out. As of this recording, it was about three days ago. It's called Super Mario Wonder. And with this, there are a ton of new things that were added into the game. It's uh, It was just released on Switch. There's new characters. There's new abilities. We're going to get all into that. So, you know, I feel like, you know, Livezone, do you have any questions for this? I mean, yeah. So, like, you know, going into this game and everything, right? We have new. We have new Mario game. We have new characters. What makes this Mario game so different than the Mario games that we grew up with? That's a good question. I mean, when you think about the Super Mario games before I even get to this game, when you think about the games that we had in the past, you know, Super Mario sixty four, Paper Mario, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, Mario Kart 64, all of those games that we had in childhood, that is what set the stage for the main character, Mario, a.k.a. Jumpman. That, he was there. That was the main guy. And now they're playing off of that whole cartoon aspect of where they're keeping the traditional, you know, Mauser, Mauser, wow. <laughs> Mario's trying to fight Bowser and trying to save Princess Peach. So... Now they're just more playing on the whole fun aspect on it. And I've even seen a couple of trailers for this. But I think the fact that they're adding new power-ups, the fact that they're expanding 
on that traditional idea of save the princess, defeat the bad guy. That's what makes this game completely different from other games. So, at least not other games, but other Mario games. So, one new thing with this is... <laughs> yeah, don't fall out yet. I know your childhood's hurt. <laughs> but one thing that's different... <laughs> one thing that's different with this game is now you can be an elephant. <laughs> what contact... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what is this? What is this? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, you can be a squirrel already. You can be Fire Mario. You can be... What, you can be a kangaroo now, I'm pretty sure? Just higher jump height? Now we're just gonna be an Oompa Loompa? Like, what? <laughs> Look, I don't know what it means to be an elephant in Super Mario... But apparently it's a big deal because I've seen the memes surrounding this thing and it's absolutely hilarious. Like the funniest thing I've seen so far is you have characters like Crash Bandicoot, Princess Peach, and then you have an elephant character that are all getting together trying this little fruit thing. Crash Bandicoot has it, turns into an elephant. He's like, whoa, what is this? Princess Peach does it, she turns into an elephant. She's like, whoa. And then the elephant character tries it. And he's like, what happens if I try this and I'm already an elephant? And then he just becomes so cursed that it's just like two elephants in one. It's so, <laughs> it's so like, <laughs> nope. I'm I'm locking that door. I thought I just thought that was funny for that because it's so pointless when you think about it. Yeah, you're what you're heavier at this point. You can like drop through walls, drop through floors, something. Maybe I don't know, but. The one that I really like is the Bubble Flower power-up, which is a new power-up where you can actually throw bubbles at enemies, or blow bubbles at enemies. Let's be honest, can you imagine just seeing a little Koopa Troopa just flying ah! <laughs> away? Like, that's something, that's something that I would do. Bro, a little Troopa just flying away. <laughs> we went from fire and invisible to an elephant and bubbles. <laughs> I mean, you can see that I guess they're going for more of a peaceful route. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> more of a PG route, I guess, guys. Guess I what? I don't know. Nintendo, it's crazy. It didn't work for anything. So why is it going to work for you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, so let me let me get into this real quick. Let me let me right. talk about this, all right? So Go we ahead. we have dealt with so many cool mario games mario has been in our minds since we were kids because of how cool mario games are and now in 2023 they're just going to ruin that with some bubbles and an elephant no no okay not the same mario yes nintendo i'm sure they did some great things in this game the graphics must look phenomenal compared to other mario games but this is what i'm talking about at certain points in times you just look at the gaming company that is making these games and you're just like what happened you know what i mean i mean i can see that i guess when you think about the amount of super mario games that they've produced it feels like they're running out of ideas because it's not that it's just solely the bubble flower and the elephant, you know, you still have the older powers. You still have the flower. You still have, I can't think of any, the squirrel one where you actually just start actually beating the crap out of everything. You got the star power up. You still have those. That's what made Mars. So why would you get rid of that? Now, if they got rid of that, 
that's when I'll be like, all right, no, we're not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I really think that this was just a nice addition into the game. It's something different, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit peaceful, but it's something that adds on to it, even if they ran out of ideas. They should have added something that was crazy. They shouldn't have added something like bubbles. Like, what the hell is that do? You know, I mean, like, like, like this is just going to teach children that instead of, you know, fighting your enemies with fire, you fight them with, like, what? Like, no. True. To be fair, though, to be fair, you could, I could also teach kids to be like, you know, instead of letting it boil over like fire, keep it, like, suppress it slowly. Don't just be like, Arr! like, give it a nice peaceful no bubble. Fun. That's no fun. <laughs> Who said that had to be fun? No, no, that's not. <laughs> no, that is not right. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. No, Look. listen, listen. You can talk about graphics and you can talk about hidden features that are in these new Mario games because, trust me, there are a lot. Like, we played a Mario game that, you know, with one side of the wall, you were in a 3D. And then in the next side of the wall, it was like you were playing a little Mario game, uh, older Mario game. I like that. I'm not saying get rid of that. That was a genius thing to add. But some things, if they're not broken, don't fix it. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you got to spice it up a little bit. Maybe you got to make some people mad. Maybe you got to make some people happy. Look at all the gaming communities and look what they did with these games. You know, they've ruined it in ways. They've made it better in ways. But people got over it, you know? I mean, some people haven't, but it depends on the game. But in the end, you're going to get over it. It's like, oh, yeah, that was just a bad power-up. I'm just going to use the star anyway. Like, people look at Minecraft. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, that animal exists. Don't care. I'm going to go over and use this one. That's that's just how that's how it works. People just, they're going to forget about it eventually. You, you know what they should have done? They could have added this. You know the, the, the thing that Jumpman uses in the Donkey Kong game? The little, uh, the, the little, the big, like, <laughs> whack hole thing? Oh, the hammer? The hammer. I think it was hammer, yeah. They should have added that into this. Isn't that already, I swear I thought that was already in the game. Or at no. least one of the games. No. That's There's not no power. way that wasn't in the game. That's that's not a power-up. Everybody has forgotten completely about Donkey Kong 110%. And it's such a sad sight because you know if you go back to 1.0 Ancient, we tell you that Donkey Kong is what made Mario. So if Donkey Kong made Mario, why wouldn't you add something from that game into the new ones? You know what I mean? History tends to repeat itself. You look at Mario games, we added fire because he was going against Bowser, right? So, like, so these things, it's not not far-fetched, and you have them right in front of you, but instead they want to, you know, put the stick into some bubbles and, like, I'm out. I mean, look. This is why I'm a PlayStation and Xbox gamer now. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I can't disagree with you there. But I mean, you know, even in the Mario series, they added multiplayer modes, you know, where you're playing as other characters. You know, you got Luigi that came along, you got Waluigi. 
And they're bringing that back to a degree. You know, obviously you're playing Mario, Luigi. Now you get to play as Princess Peach. That, the one person that you're trying to save, you get to play as. Now you get to play as the other one that people fight over, Daisy. You get to play as Yoshi. Come on now. You get to play as... But, all right. No, but, no, 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 no. Hear me out. So uh, if we're doing this... All right. If we're playing this game, right? And you give me Yoshi as a character, that's like my next favorite next to Shy Guy. I like y- Yoshi's just good. Like Yoshi's just insane. The Yoshi way for one, first of all, next to Shy Guy. Yeah, I don't know Mario Kart. Yoshi <laughs> is the guy. Okay, even over Mario. Even over Mario, he is the guy for me. All right. For me, anyways, he's my favorite Nintendo character. But without that being said, that's that's cool. But you could do that in Mario Bros. Two and Mario Bros. Three as well. Okay, so, so you still got other characters that you can add on to. They're bringing them back. Then you can say that. He, he, Princess Peach does not make sense whatsoever. Does not make sense at all. That's pretty much. They're trying to go into like the cloning feature there. I don't like it. I don't like it. Daisy. I don't mind playing as Daisy, and we all know why. All right. Uh, <laughs> as I was referencing the whole fight between Princess Peach and Daisy. <laughs> all right. Then after that, we have Mario and Luigi, which you should be able to play as those characters anyways. Right? Yep. We have Yoshi. Yoshi was being played on as a character in in Mario Bros. 2. So honestly, it's nothing new other than adding the two girls. But at that point, I mean, why? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we're saving the girls. We're not trying to be them, you know? That's the whole point of the game. So, for me, I just, I don't see the appeal because if it was me, the only two characters that I would want to be is Mario and Luigi. Being honest with you. Well, I may change that for you because now there's another character that's popping up on this game, and this is a new one. So, it an elephant? No, it's not an elephant. It's not an elephant. That'd be funny though. <laughs> it's actually called Nabbit, and it's pretty much an invincible character. You take no damage from enemies. No, I don't want to play. <laughs> it's don't... a purple. It's a purple bunny that looks like a bandit. He looks like a Santa bandit. All right. He's got the mask that looks like a um. How do I describe it? Like a bullet bill mask. All right. So if you're going to play, this is what this is telling me. This is, you know, Nintendo always hides something with their games, right? So what this is telling me is if he's invincible or if the bunny is invincible, right? That's telling me that you need that in a hidden feature from Nintendo gaming. You don't need to play as that character 110%. If you want to play the story mode, you're going to play as Mario or Luigi or Yoshi or whoever. But if for that hidden scene that you need an invincible character, you're going to be that bunny. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if he's an actual playable character. Maybe he's like a playable character as a power-up. Like if you catch him in the level, then you get to play as him for a certain bit. Because that would be super overpowered. If it's like, oh yeah, you unlock Nabbit. You just don't take damage. Like, that would be way overpowered. So there must be some kind of stipulation behind Nabbit for why. Like, why would they include something like that over the star, you know? So what makes this character different? Well, that's what I'm telling you is that, you know how, like, there's hidden doors and stuff like that that you need, like, to, like, find? It's not going to be, like, right there for you. 
Right. That's probably what they're getting at is you can be this character, right? But it's for that. It's for that. It's for the hidden scenes. It's for the hidden stuff that you have to go find yourself instead of it being right in front of you. That's what it's looking like to me. So like a side quest character. Yeah. I could do that. I think we're just going to have to play and see, you know. Make sure you get that elephant power-up live zone. I know you're going to really appreciate that. <laughs> I ain't being no Oompa Loompa, bro. You can catch me with the fire. You can catch me with the fire. All right? Bro, you already know which one I am. Bullet Bill. Come on now. Best one there. <laughs> Bullet Bill. We flying across the back. Anybody got time for all them little peasants? All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> So we're going to wrap up this segment. Thank you all for tuning in. we got coming up next, we're going to take a blast to the past, talking about the past on our 8-Bit Endeavors. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another segment of 1-0 Podcast. We're back with the 8-Bit Endeavors. We're taking a blast to the past. And, you know, this time we're talking about a racing game. You know, last time we were talking about what we talking about, Mario Kart, and we were talking about Gran Turismo a while back, Forza Horizon, Need for Speed, the racing theme, you know, it stays with us because we're both racers, but this time we're taking a new cartoonish twist to it, just like with Mario, we're keeping that 8-bit Endeavor style, but this time it's going to be with everyone's favorite berserk bandit, Crash Bandicoot, and this one's going to be Crash Team Racing. And this is one game that we have from our childhoods. This is something where Crash Bandicoot makes a huge appearance onto the scene. And I I love this game. This is definitely something from my childhood. We're going to get into it. So I, I'm going to propose a question real quick. How does this game compare to Mario Kart? And how did this game set the stage for go-karting games for the future? Okay. Um... So if I'm correct, I never played this before, so I'm going to ask you a question. Um, are we going to base this? Is, is This is a PlayStation game, correct? PlayStation exclusive. Uh, I don't know about PlayStation exclusive. Crash Bandicoot's always been a PlayStation exclusive, so yes. Oh, um, probably. <laughs> Why did you ask me? <laughs> all right. So <laughs> because I was making sure. I was just making sure. All right. All right. So with this, right? This is PlayStation's version of Mario Kart for me. What this is saying to me is that Mario Kart did so good and that they picked up so much momentum with the new Mario games coming out because of Mario Kart. Nobody forgot about Mario. So the new Mario games were better, right? That's what I'm seeing with this. It Crash, that's kind of like their Mario. Everybody loves Crash Bandicoot in PlayStation, right? It's just the number one or number two guy in PlayStation exclusives. When you think of PlayStation, boom, it goes right to Crash Bandicoot or it goes right to God of War, right? So for me, what this is saying is we're going to make a new Crash Bandicoot game, but it's not going to be for a while. So what we want to do is we want to put out this game so people don't forget about Crash. And then when we make the new game, it's going to be 10 times better. Mario started that. Nintendo started that. We talked about this with Nintendo with the Nintendo 64 and Mario Kart 64. This was the beginning of your main character going into a different type of game. And that's what we're seeing with Crash Bandicoot here. 
That is true. They definitely had their points where Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot was, you know, it was more of like a platform game. Crash Bandicoot has always been a platform style game. So the fact that they introduced CTR into, or Crash Bandicoot into the racing world, that was more seen as a competitor for Mario Kart because of how prevalent Mario Kart was at the time. And even now, to be honest, because yeah. one thing that we're going to mention a little bit later is they did remaster this game. So now they kept a lot of everything that was in this game originally, such as the difficulty. A lot of the characters are back, but the difficulty is one of the things that they kept, which I love that they kept that because everyone knows that easy on that game is hard and normal is like playing against veterans. Like yeah. it's, it's impossible. It's that not happening. Bandicoot has always been though. Crash Bandicoot, even for the regular games, it's like, why is this game so hard? We have this lovable character that everybody loves, but the modes are just way harder than you expect. And the hidden messages, we talk about hidden messages like we did in Mario, the hidden scenes, hidden doors. There's a lot of that in Crash Bandicoot as well. So what I'm kind of seeing is that there are a lot of parallels between Mario and Crash Bandicoot. It just looks like Crash Bandicoot is the harder version. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I really think, I mean, like I said, I'm glad they kept that theme or that tradition of keeping the difficulty because even with platforming games, like you said, the difficulty just remained the same. It's just for a racing game. How would you translate Crash Bandicoot difficulty into a racing setting with the same characters? And that's why I like this game because they kept that whole Crash Bandicoot aesthetic and aspect, but they translated it to a go-karting game. Like, if you play the original game, you know, it's open world, funny enough. This is one of the first open world games of, like, 90s, 80s. And the fact that, I mean, I don't think it's that old. I'd say around 90s. But the fact that you could literally drive this go-kart and you have to go to certain locations and you have to go to this boss room and then you have to go there, it didn't just teleport you. Like, it was open world. And that was huge for this game. And in RK, a PS1 game, when was open world a thing? So the fact that they did that in this game, that's another big thing. But the difficulty with all of the bosses, it was just ugh. like one of the ones I hated the most. <laughs> My grandfather and I, we we always loved this character because of how difficult it was. It was Papu Papu. That's the name of the character. I hated that character. Mm -hmm. And the reason I hated it is because there was a certain underwater level, right? that we would go on, I forgot the name of it, but there was a certain underwater level and he's always zooming in front of you. He always starts in front of you and he's a mile ahead of you. And if he gets so far, he starts dropping TNT on the track. And now you have to avoid that while trying to catch up to him. And this is not just normal TNT because one thing about Crash Bandicoot is in this game, you have TNT, which is on a timer. And then you have Nitro, which, ex which is, explodes immediately. He dropped Nitro. So if you hit a Nigel, done. You're not catching up. And he was fast for absolutely no reason. Dude probably weighed like 600 pounds. And he's going like Mach 3. <laughs> like, God. I don't understand. Oh it was just God. insanely bad. So what I, I think what I did the most is I just gathered a bunch of fruits. And I just kept pushing him off the map into his own into his own uh, Nitros. And that caused him to back up. So, there you, go. you know, There's you get what you pay for. There's always, There's always a way. But uh, the whole point, really, is I just love that the whole as 
aesthetic of this game, you know, these characters coming back. You got like Ripper Rue, you've got the female on Coco Bandicoot, they got Dr. N, Neocortex, Tiny Tiger, all of these characters that you're gonna see pop up in the Crash Bandicoot universe, they're now driving go-karts. Now, the funniest thing is uh do you know Tiny Tiger? Well, yes. Tiny Tiger. Yep. He it's the funniest thing when you see him on a go-kart. It literally imagine me on this chair. It's just like he's like this. <laughs> he's just squished together. It's the funniest thing. But dude is so serious. So he's literally on the go-kart. He's sitting there like <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's for the archives right there. <laughs> yep, dude. I don't even care. I'm trying to prove a point. I <laughs> but the fact the fact that is that crazy. The fact that he's just on this tiny character all smushed together. You have everyone else just casually laying back. And then you got everyone else. Someone's flying a UFO for crying out loud. Like it's just it's just wild this game and i really just love that this game really pushed the boundaries for how go-karting games should be for the future yeah definitely you know i feel like the difficulty of the new mario kart games got it from oh sorry there's something in my eye excuse me for that but the difficulty of the mario kart games that you see nowadays i feel like was part of looking at what Crash Bandicoot was doing. So once once you look at it, I think Mario and Crash are more intertwined than you think they are because really they're each other's version and each other's company in my own opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta have some kind of competitor out there, Crash Bandicoot to Mario Kart. Everyone has their own preference. But one thing I last thing I did want to mention is I did mention how they had a remastered version and a lot of this was kept the graphics and everything there's now animations for when you beat the boss character and the spyro the dragon is in it a character from a completely different universe spyro is now with crash team racing and in the new one you can actually play in one of his go-karts in the game it's actually kind of cool i don't know how i feel about that though because you know, Spyro is also one of those characters that everyone has like a huge connection with because of how legendary this character is. But why, why with Crash? Like, why Crash Team Racing is a great character and all, but I don't think that's the right setting. Maybe the contrast there, like maybe they're trying to collaborate there. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why either, to be honest. But I kind of, you know thinking about it i i actually do kind of like it a little bit because it brings a different aspect to a degree i mean i could see that you know you're br- branching out from other characters or other companies to bring in other things but yeah. i feel like if you're going to stay with a company or you're going to stay with a set selective characters you know at least keep those expand on that before expanding on to other things like you know we have dlc characters you know um mortal Kombat. they added terminator they added robocop completely other universes in the same area but that fits in the whole dynamic of the story crash bandicoot and spyro there's no mesh between it. it's just like oh here's another character like i don't see i guess i guess we'll find out i mean i think i think they have more plans that they're not telling us that we don't even know about yet so maybe we can figure out something in the future yeah, if they start expanding on Crash Bandicoot, I'm going to be happy. Believe me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, 
we're going to wrap up this segment and we have our last segment for tonight, which is going to be the Futurescape. So stay tuned. Everybody, I am the one, the only, the legendary Live Zone, and I am here with the host of the 1 0 podcast. You already know it's next step, the next step above the rest. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm going to name three games for you next step, all right? And you're going to tell me what these three games have in common, okay? All right. Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and Tekken 8. Well, I mean, they're all fighting games. I mean, alright, so like, I guess the question that I have for you is, is Tekken 8 going to be a knockoff of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter? Because from the looks of it, it sure the hell looks like it. I mean, I don't know. So, for background, you know, this is a new game coming out, Tekken 8. It's set to release 26, or, excuse me, January 26, 2024, so as soon as the new year starts. But, it seems like... Oh, look at that. Perfect. Now you have a new fighting game to play. (laughs) Probably not, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, with this game, it really focuses on, like, a different aspect of the whole fighting universe, you know, Mortal Kombat is all focused on the bloody adventures. Street Fighter is focused on, like, the fun style uh, martial art combat. This one kind of combines the two. It's not really bloody in a way, but it's so just violent and the special effects. It's like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat combined. And it's just more of, like, a very sophisticated, I guess you can call it that, very sophisticated fighting style and it's not really just like a a level one like you're just fighting like this no it's going to be like you're going to be fighting like this all around the arena like you're going to be shifting positions sure it's going to stay like this a lot but you're going to be shifting positions around the arena like a real combat fight and i love that because truthfully i haven't played many tekken games but this series is just insane when you see how people play like the graphics one person will just do a punch it's so like well lit and extravagant it's just like boom boom. like it's insane i love the graphics in this game and to me this is gonna be a hot take i think that tekken 8 compares to street fighter street fighter 6 oh oh okay all right i thought you were about to say it was better than mortal kombat because then i'll say that it's not better than mortal kombat 1 but I'll say it's better than... What's the one before that? 11? 10? I'm going to say it's better than that. You got to go, son. <laughs> Listen, all right. When it comes to a game, especially a fighter game, what's the main thing that you look for in fighter games? Combos and characters, honestly. Oh, really? <laughs> I beating the absolute shit out of people. And that- <laughs> I get Mortal Kombat. I'm sorry, there is not a better fighting game than Mortal Kombat. You want to talk about combos? We can because in, even in Mortal Kombat, the combos are literally insane for what you can do in that game. But what I will tell you is there is not one single fighting game that can come close to how good Mortal Kombat is at fatalities. There's Fatalities is the best thing in any 
fighting game that you could get. And they're just so out there. And they're so, like, like oh, like I'm going to kill somebody. Like, that's what I'm looking <laughs> for. That's what I'm looking for in a Mortal Kombat game. You're going to say it, you're going to say it with your chest. You heard me? So that's, and that's what you get in Mortal Kombat is you either going to die or you going to kill. And you, <laughs> you're going to kill if you know what you're doing. So that's what I like about Mortal Kombat. This Tekken 8, I'm sure it's going to be a great game. Haven't seen any gameplay from it at all or any gameplay from the recent <laughs> or anything like that. But I can tell you right now that it is not going to be on the level of Mortal Kombat. And when it comes to Street Fighter, I don't think that Street Fighter is all that great compared to Mortal Kombat. So maybe this is going to be better than Street Fighter, but I doubt that. Because Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter have been around for so long for so many reasons. It's unbearable to think that there's going to be a better game, a better fighting game than those two games. So for me, Mortal Kombat is on another level. I can see where you're coming from. Both Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are very long-standing series. But so is Tekken. Funny enough, Tekken has been around around the same time as them. It's a newer game compared to them, but it's still been around quite some time. I bet. But I will also say that Mortal Kombat definitely perfected the way they do gore in the game because that's the whole theme of Mortal Kombat. That's what they started with. That's what almost got the game canceled by government level. So, I mean, on that with gore, yeah, they're set apart from that. So if you're looking for bloody combat, sure. Mortal Kombat, all for it. But if you're talking about precise combos, if you're talking about actual skillful combos and knowing how to mash correct combos, Tekken is a good way to go. Street Fighter, that's even harder to do. So I'm just saying with Tekken, the way the graphics are in the game, the way the whole style of the game is, you're literally fighting in like Yakuza-style Japan. Like, come on now. You can do that. You probably do that in Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, sure, in like a pop setting. But let's be honest, you're you're literally fighting in a whole desolate area as an arena. Not just crossed across like this. You're fighting like boom, 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 like an actual anime style, and I love that. Listen, when I'm, well, anime style, that makes a lot of sense for you, right? Why you like this stuff. Because you're an anime fan. I, on the other hand, am not. I am just there to beat the shit out of people. So, <laughs> for that reason... I'm yawning because there ain't no better thing than Mortal Kombat when it comes to beating the crap out of people. I'm sorry. Mm. It, listen, like I said, when you say it, you say it with your chest, and you either gonna get killed or you gonna kill. And in Mortal Kombat, you gonna kill. So, I, I mean, I don't know. So let's just look at Tekken compared to Street Fighter. Then, if you want to put Mortal Kombat on another level, we'll just leave it there for right okay. now. So, let's talk about Tekken and Street Fighter, right? One thing I do want to note is the comparison between these characters are insane because, you know, you have characters like Ryu and Ken, I think it's Jun and Tekken 8, and there's another character that compares to Chun-Li, which, you know, you have the vibrant colors and effects, which compares to Street Fighter because, you know, you're doing like the Hadouken, you got all of these special effects of characters doing their dashes and kicks that it's going to surround them. Tekken 8 puts that, okay. Street Fighter is right here when it comes to special effects. Tekken is like up here because you could do one simple punch and it's just like like full energy and it looks so cool. And 
when it comes to comparing these two games, I really think that this Tekken 8, when it comes out, it's going to outdo itself when it comes to graphics and combat style. Oh, yeah. We talk about graphics all the time, and, you know, we talked about a perfect example of this when we're bringing anime into video games is Unbound, right? They did something that not a lot of people did, and they didn't like it, but now they're coming around to it. That's what I see coming through with this game as well, but... It has. It doesn't have something that Street Fighter has, and that's the name. You know the name Street Fighter, right? So once you hear Street Fighter or Tekken 8, you're going to go to Street Fighter because you know what you're getting out of that, right? So for me, I guess it's just based off of marketing. Do I think that Street Fighter will be a better it, or is a better game than Tekken 8 or what it will be? No. I don't think so. I think Tekken 8 has it because of what you said with the anime style and the vibrant colors and all that. It, it got that. You know what I mean? It got that on the lock. But when it comes to marketing-wise, unfortunately, you're going to see Street Fighter get a hell of a lot more sales because you know the name. It's the name. That's fair. And even adding on to that, playing like Devil Advocate for what I'm trying to say is the characters that they have are well-known in Street Fighter compared to the characters that are known in Tekken. Like, you don't really remember the characters that are in Tekken, but in Street Fighter, you know characters like Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, which, side note, Thick Thighs Save Lives, everybody knows this. <laughs> but, yeah, man of culture, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I do want to note for Street Fighter is they actually did tease, I know you say you're not huge in anime, but for those who know uh, my anime, anime people out there, Baki Hanma's coming out. The guy, the invincible fighter that can kill anybody with his bare hands. He's coming into Street Fighter. And we don't know when, but it's going to be coming soon. Because even the creator of Baki just said that, yeah, it's a possibility that this could be happening in Street Fighter. So if we're talking about characters, I feel like that's a level up that Street Fighter has over Tekken. But at the same time, Tekken has it over when it comes to graphic quality and fighting style. So it really depends on where you're weighing. And if, even if we're factoring Mortal Kombat into this, you know, if you're looking for more like a bloody gore, realistic or bloody gorish, I'd say realistic style, then yeah, Mortal Kombat's going to be higher. What so it really depends on what you're going to be on. So if you're looking for a bloody gore, Mortal Kombat outweighs. If you're looking for characters and well-known uh, marketing and popularity, Street Fighter. If you're looking for something new and you're looking for something flashy, Tekken. So it really just depends on what you prefer. Yeah, for me, what I'm going to say is Tekken and Street Fighter are neck and neck, right? But at the end of the day, they're still just fighting for second place because Mortal Kombat's up here. Thanks for tuning in to 1-0 Podcast. This concludes today's episode. Be sure to follow the Consumption Network on social medias and stay updated with the latest content drops. Up next up, I'm Livezone, and we'll we'll see see you on the next level. level.